1: We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David.
0: David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me.
2: But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: This is Unbreakable with Jay Glaser, a mental health podcast helping you out of the gray and into the blue. Now, here's Jay Glazer.
4: Welcome into Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer. And cool thing about working now in mental health is I'm able to have conversations with people from all walks of life on a different level. And the first I'm going to bring him right now, I know him because of football. I know him because of the Seattle Seahawks. But not in the way you think. We end up having lunch one day and in uh, Manhattan Beach, And you know, just you come across people and you go, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm, I'm learning so much from somebody on a random Saturday, but the whole world has learned so much from this man. So it's Dr. Michael Gervais who's worked with the Seattle Seahawks and worked with 35,000 people and companies and businesses. And you know what? Instead of me reeling, instead of me telling the world who you are, I would like you to tell the world who you are. And I want you to kind of brag about yourself a little bit. It's okay. It ain't bragging if it's true. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's good. Thanks, Jay.
5: It, it's great to see you. Yeah. So by trade and training, I am a sport and high performance psychologist. And so what that means is that I've, you know, studied the science and the art of how the best in the world organize their inner life and train their mind to be their very best. And sometimes that ends up being the very best in the world. And then I've taken those best practices from not only rugged and high speed, high stress environments of sport, but also into the backcountry, into, um, conditions that are life threatening, where people make a mistake. They're known as the most hostile environments in the world. When those psychological skills hold up in those environments, those are the ones I'm really interested in. And over the last, let's call it called, 10 years, I've been taking best practices in sport and, um, porting them over into business, which is where most of us spend most of our time.
4: Right. Uh, so, so how did your path get here?
5: Yeah. So when I was a young kid, it was 15. I didn't quite figure out how to do traditional stick and ball sport. And the reason being is because of these artificial rules. There was these adults yelling at us and I didn't get it. And so I remember looking up at like the coach, like, what are you so worked up about? You know, yeah, I stepped on the line. (laughs) Yeah, I passed it to the wrong person. I didn't get it. And so I found myself really attracted to adventure sports. And so surfing and big wave surfing and motocross and um, skateboarding and those types of things, where if you make a mistake, mother nature takes care of all of it. She'll hold you under. She'll leave. A, make sure you leave a little blood or or flesh on the asphalt. You know, like she'll she'll take care of business. And I just love the the natural consequence environments. And so I was really attracted to them. But what ended up happening is I couldn't figure out how to compete at those sports because. I was a different person mentally when people were judging and critiquing and watching and scoring. And you know, I could do the thing when no one was looking, but I couldn't do the thing when there was people judging Mm. that that's really an unfortunate path for somebody who loved to compete and loved to, you know, the sporting environment that way. So it led me, there was this experience where. It was surfing. It was a competition. There was three people out in the ocean. It was like 7.30 in the morning, beautiful conditions, about head high, perfect glass, the types of conditions we all hope for. And normally there's like 40 to 50 guys out trying to figure out how to catch one wave every, you know, I don't know, half hour it feels like. And I was the disaster. This competitor paddles by me and he says, "Gervais, I surf with you every day out here. You got to stop worrying about what's going to go wrong here. You gotta free yourself up, dude. And he paddled away. And I was 15 years old, and wow. I was like, "How did he know? Like, I'm a, I'm a mess mentally." And so that led me down the path that my physical training didn't change or didn't radically change overnight. My technical skills didn't radically change overnight. So what was it? It was just my mind. It led me down the path to try to sort it out, and that's that's how I got here.
4: Gervais, at 15, you learn this. Yeah, Yeah. Most yeah, of us yeah. are fifteen well, or right, or, or <laughs> we're trying to find out. Okay, how do I get to home at class?
5: Jay, okay, I didn't really go to class. I was surfing. I mean, that was my <laughs> right, 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 You know, that was my life, and so um yeah, it, it just set me down the path. Like, what is this thing? Come to find out, we're all struggling. We're all suffering.
4: Sure, nobody
5: gets through this world without trauma, whether it's big T or little T. And it takes incredible courage to to get feedback that you know um, this is where you could do better. These are the things that are true about you that you might be struggling with, whether this feedback is from yourself or from a therapist or psychologist or a friend or somebody that, you know, just kind of paddle by you one day and says you're a mess. And so...
4: When you just said big T or little T, expand on that. That kind of resonated with me a little bit.
5: Big trauma or little trauma? Yeah. So Mm -hmm. big trauma is like you witnessed or experienced something that was life-altering. Let's say you're in a car crash and... You know, it was one of the heaviest things you've ever seen or been part of. That's like big trauma. Little trauma is a series of things that take place. They don't seem to rise to the level of significance, but they change you. And they they create an experience for you where you're no longer exploring freely, but you're protecting a little bit more. You feel a little bit smaller, a little bit more fearful. You're organizing life. This is both for little T and big T. You organize your life in a different way based on that event, and it's not for the better. So we all go through them. How we respond to them is critical.
4: It's hard to put in just one podcast, but how do you coach people to respond to big or little T? Is it the same or is it different?
5: The outcome is the same. You know, when somebody post-traumatic stress is a term that does not do it justice. Mm -hmm. Really what's happening when somebody goes through trauma is they fundamentally reorganize their life to avoid being re-traumatized.
4: And I want people to realize, too, PTSD is not just for veterans. We all have some sort of it's trauma. It doesn't have to come from just war. That's right.
5: Yeah. And, you know, it can come from lots of dramatic experiences, but all the little T stuff, too, like that time somebody said to you, like, hey, you shouldn't wear purple. And you are maybe embarrassed in front of a group. And then moving forward, you don't wear colors that, you know, are purple ish because there was that small little thing that your whole limbic system, your emotional system and your brain lit up. And you're like, yeah, yeah uh, I don't look in purple. I don't know why. I just don't like it. You've just organized your life based on that small little trauma. And we all have that stuff going on. And so this is like, how do you deal with it? A radical commitment to being honest with yourself a radical commitment. So you got to square up with it. You got to face it. You got to learn how to work with the emotions and thoughts around it. And then nobody gets through it alone, Jay. We need each other. And so nobody does the extraordinary alone. Nobody works through trauma alone. Nobody works through depression alone, like anxiety. We need each other, whether it's the... Oh, amen. We're all
4: teammates. Yep.
5: Well, and astronauts in particular, when they zoom way out, like way out, they go... Oh, God, we are all teammates like this geographic thing between countries. That's kind of a joke, too. And so when we zoom right into this podcast, you and me are teammates on figuring right. out how to how to live a better life. You take up space and in, in holding people accountable in a lot of ways, Jay, which is cool, man. What do you mean? Just by what speaking mean? the truth, just by holding the standard that, you know, you're fucked up in some ways. I am, too. But no, I a lot of ways. Get...
4: That's not some. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> but, but, you get, you, but I'm you're you're with my a... fucked upness. Yeah. Well, isn't that I'm learning isn't there a lot of, I'm learning to be, and
5: there a lot of freedom in that.
4: Yeah. You I'm know? learning to be good with my fucked upness. Yeah.
5: Yeah, for sure. And, and I, think, the more I people think so
4: many people are ashamed of that. Right. And, and that's the whole thing you and I, you and I've talked, I mean, the first day you and I met, we talked openly about it. Yeah, exactly.
5: Ditto. And there's so much freedom when you just call the truth of what it is and you're like, yeah, maybe it's a depression or anxiety or addiction or I don't know, whatever it might be, early childhood stuff, or, you know, I can't tell you the number of people on the Finding Mastery podcast that talk about being afraid that people are going to find out that they don't really know what they think they know. And so that idea of being an imposter is floating around for so many people. And, you know, I don't, have you ever read that really thin book? It's a great book. It's on, it's called a Knight in Rusty Armor. Mm. Have you ever read that? Mm. It's not well-written. It's thin, and the the basic essence of it is that we're all carrying around this armor. Some of us, I should say, are carrying around an armor, and we spend a lot of time shining it up, making it look good, keeping it oiled. It's kind of heavy to carry around, but we spend a lot of time making it look just right. And people that see this shiny armor go, wow, that armor is something. That That is something. And then there's some of us that are like, hey, listen, I only got leather moccasins.
4: Right, right, (laughs) right. right.
5: They're they're pretty light. (laughs) I can move really well, and um, I'm not spending so much time shining up the armor and oiling it, you know, because it takes so much time to do it. Mm-hmm. And so it's a nice little framing, like, would you rather have a bunch of armor and protect yourself, or or would you rather have some moccasins and be like, I'm good? And so, or somewhere in between.
4: It, interesting you say that, because I think that's, it's a great message to get out. I just, I've been talking up more and more about this with people, you know, because social media makes us compare ourselves to everybody else's fake filtered fraction of a second of life. We, we find ourselves less inclined nowadays to appreciate what we have and instead get so depressed and so much anxiety about what we don't have because we're comparing ourselves to everybody else. It's exactly what you're kind of saying, like, hey, maybe what we really need as a society is to slow the fuck down and go, hey, these moccasins are pretty fucking good. They work for me. They're all right. I don't have to worry about that guy's armor next door. These moccasins are good for me. I just had the same conversation with a television personality. I said, the little kid in you, if you said to, to you, you're going to make millions of dollars and you can grow up and be a big TV star, wouldn't that little girl be like, we really do that? Oh my God. Instead of fuck, I'm not here yet. I'm not here yet. I haven't done this yet. I haven't done that yet. This person's doing that and I'm not there yet. It's just, it's this constant battle that's happening in society now.
5: Listen, it it's fun that you bring that up because when we're really little kids, And we're not inhibited by all the rules of the world and all the things that we're supposed to be. And you ask little ones, you know, if you, if you have someone in your life and you ask them like, what do you, what do you want to do later? They have a hard time thinking about it some age. So it's like, uh, I want to go play with you in the sandbox. And it's like so immediate. It's so refreshing. But when they get a little bit older and I, I go back to when I was younger, I was like, I wanted to be the president and an astronaut. And I wanted to, you know, fill in the blanks of all these things that I wanted to do. And then as we get older, we're like, oh, we kind of got to pick one. (laughs) And so and then we get on this path of like, well, if I'm going to pick that one for some of us, at least there's an addiction to success Mm. that is undeniable for many people. And it's not a healthy addiction. That's for sure.
4: Yeah. That's the thing. Like I I told people I moved out here to Scottsdale. I'm moving back to L.A., I think. But I was like, look, I don't want to be suicide by work. I don't want to just. That that addiction to chasing, 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 chasing. I I don't want to be like we've seen so many of our dads just work themselves in the ground and they die. Right? I want to I want to learn how to exhale and appreciate what I have now. And that is so fucking hard. It's so hard for so many of us. It's one of the reasons,
5: Jay, that the practice of mindfulness and meditation has come on like gangbusters over the last call it ten years. Is that with the speed of our world. And the rate of access and how fast things happen, whether it's social or otherwise, is that there's this counter rotation to how do I train my mind to just be okay being here without flipping on a phone to get a hit of dopamine, which is essentially like a small hit of cocaine. How do I train myself in a a counter rotation to be okay? And that's where meditation mindfulness is, you know, serving many people well. An oversimplified way of thinking about mindfulness it's the practice of being here now. Right. And then you create three S's, space, stillness through silence. And if you can do that work, you end up going kind of off the meditation chair or cushion, if you will, into the busyness of the world with just a little bit more space, a little bit more, you know, appreciation for the silent moments, just a little bit more aware of what's going on. I tell you what, when we do that, we end up settling in a little bit more. We're less anxious, less depressed, less irritable, you know, looking for the bottle a little less often. Right. And so, yeah, how about it?
4: Something I'm learning, you know, I went to Thailand for 35 days. I told you, and and it's exactly that to learn how to comfortably sit in my own silence because my own silence was so painful for so long for me.
5: When you say painful, is that because the self-critical kind of voice where it's like... Yeah, the roommates in my head
4: just don't talk nicely to each other. They just don't, it's probably the more successful I've gotten, right? Like when I was just coming up the ladder, I didn't give a shit. I had nothing to lose. As you've gotten more successful, now you have, you have this fear of what, you, you could lose things, especially nowadays when, you know, it's it could be taken from you in two seconds, but I just never have that inner peace. When I'm trying to find a peaceful time, I'm still learning to build the skills where my mind is just at ease, like you're saying. Instead, mm-hmm. it's either beating up on yourself for stuff you've done in the past or you're – Beating up on yourself for things you haven't done yet.
5: Yeah. So I love how you're so clear that our mind travels in three places quite easily. It can be attuned to the present, the unfolding present moment, like just staying with this conversation. There's no external narrative if you're really in it. And then if it wanders to the future, you know, it's like, yeah, but I don't know if you can get this done and that done. And like, you haven't done this and look, look what Jesus did by the age of 33, (laughs) like whatever, like comparing ourselves to, you know, the obvious greats. And if you go backwards, you're like, yeah, but you screwed that up. Don't screw it up again. Right. And for most people, it's that toggling between that critical voice. And tell me if this resonates for you, Jay, it's like sometimes that inner dialogue is like an internal civil war.
1: You're talking about your roommates.
5: Yeah. It's just, when I catch myself on that, I'm, I'm curious what you do, but when I catch myself in that, I go, oh, I see you. I go, I appreciate everything you've done for me, but I'm just coming right back to the task right now. Mm -hmm. And maybe I settle that down with a breath, you know? And I just, it's like a hello and goodbye. And I appreciate that voice because it helped me get here, but it's not going to help me get there. So how how do you work with it? Like in the thin slice of a moment when you're really shitting on yourself?
4: Well, I've started to remind myself of, is I used to say, man, I'm in this much pain because I'm a terrible person. That was the narrative.
0: Hmm.
4: I must be a horrible person. That's why I'm in this much pain. Now my shift is I'm in this kind of pain so I could help others with theirs. Yeah, self like just other
5: focused, mm-hmm.
4: right? And and one is being of service. One is selfish. It's just hey, you're you are being cursed because you're shitty, you know, and that's just man, it's just not fair to doodle to to myself. And by the way, it's something that I bring up to myself every day of my life. There's not a day that that goes by that I still don't wake up and I have to get these agreements with myself to get out of bed without thinking I'm this horrible person or, you know, life's against me. You know, the world is coming crashing down. It's a daily battle for me. That's why people like you or friends like you are so valuable where you can help me with that inner dialogue.
5: When do you think you'll be done with that?
4: Never. How come? Because we're always going to grow. Like it's like, I don't go to fight practice once.
5: Oh, no, no. no. So, so let me reframe it. When do you think you'll be done with that uh, hostile conversation about yourself and about your history? And
4: man, there are days I'm done with it and then it creeps back in. Right. And that's what mental health, uh, that's what mental health issues are. Right. And and it's funny too, because I go back and forth and people say mental illness and I say, I don't like to call it mental illness. I like to call it things I've overcome and I'll have these great, couple days or a week or whatever. its I, I rarely have a, a straight week where every day is great. I, I just don't have that. I've not been afforded that comfort yet in life.
0: Mother's Day is right around the corner. And in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet.
2: Apple podcast or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Let's see it's a it's a fight camp, you know, you got 6 to 12 weeks of kind of tune depending on yeah. your level of fitness, but you know what you're training for. Yeah. Right? You know yeah. exactly what you're training for. And then what do you what are you training for right now? And then how long have you been training for it?
4: I think I've learned to start to heal the little kid in me about 4 years ago.
5: There you go. So that's
4: so that's where the journey, right? So it starts there. Like, I got to heal little Jason. Because yeah. Warrior J, man, that's who you're protecting. But your job's never done until little Jason could be healed.
5: Four years ago you started. And then, like, if you were on I, a... And I, just... and I
4: say four years ago of when I understood it's the little kid in me that's hurting. Not... Like, I've been going to therapy since I was a little kid.
5: There you go. Yeah. And then if you thin slice it just a little bit and you thought, like, okay, I'm going to go on this little... Let's call it a 12 week camp or six week camp. Right. And I'm going to work on the next six weeks. I'm going to work on happiness or I'm going to work on peace right. or I'm going to work on flourishing or I'm going to work on um, gratitude. And if you, if you thought about it that way too, sometimes it just makes it like a smaller piece of the meal to bite off. Like I don't have to do the systemic healing, but I could go on a, like a fight camp, six week training camp for gratitude and when just like in sports you know we ne- we would never say like to a quarterback this. yeah we'd never say to a quarterback we'd never say like hey um well let me say i don't know what we wouldn't say let me use basketball we'd never say just kind of don't airball right we wouldn't say that we'd say snap your wrist or see the back of the rim or right. you know something like that we tell them ex- or like a what quarterback what we- to
4: do instead of what you don't want Right, exactly. Right, right. we say
5: right. on a quarterback like smash the numbers or put it on his grill or something where you're you're giving us a narrow target, mm. and the narrow part is really important. And so I think that that's a cool little thing to go on a camp, you know. That's and if you do it with idea, a handful right? of people, yeah, like I I do it with you. Like we could go on like a a six a six week camp for something, you know, or even Rapids, a four yeah. I up love. Up.
4: I just love what you're saying though. Happy, like you're right because it's not like a. Oh man, when, is this, when am I going to get through this? Hey, I got four weeks where I'm going to focus on happiness. I got four yeah. weeks where I'm going to focus on gratitude. It's a great way to do it.
5: Yeah, Love it's that. super simple. I'm in. And then, and then, yeah, let's do it. And then you do it with other people too. So there's accountability. And, you know, like happiness is a little bit of a bigger deal because it involves at least three components. Sure, right?
4: Right.
5: (laughs) (laughs) No, they all do. (laughs) Jay, that's what's great about being humans is that we are uniquely situated as the way our DNA is set up, that we have emotions and feelings. And so emotions are the physiological thing. I can see your emotions. You can see mine. But the feelings are private. So emotions are public, if you will. But feelings are private. And if we can get down into the way something feels, we start now getting into intimate conversations. And now we know we're not alone. And so that's where the the some deep bravery takes place for people to say, okay, I had this emotion. My hands were rattling. My chest was breathing. My face was flushed. My my heart was pounding. Those are all emotions, and it felt exciting, or it felt anxiety. I felt I was right. so anxious, you know. And then so we can pull on those threads. But anyways, that's not really the fight camp, but the the, right. the training camp would be something a little bit more narrow.
4: Because you said we can't do the happiness one. I think gratitude well, we is a good one. Gratitude is a good
5: one. That's an easy one. We could do a confidence training camp. We could how, do. How is, a, why,
4: why is gratitude an easy one? Tell me why it's an easy one.
5: Well, the practice of gratitude, stemming out of UPenn, borrowing loosely from optimism training, and is you know you find three good things in your day. You become the researcher of amazing, and you wake up in the morning. You're like, okay, I'm going to find and note three amazing things that happened to me. And they could be really small, like somebody held the right. door open for me at the coffee shop, right? And at the end of that sentence, so you you go out and become the researcher amazing. At the end of the day, you write down the three things that were amazing. And next to each one, you write one word, a feeling that made it so. So Jay held the door open for me at the coffee shop. Or a gentleman held the door open for me. And then in parentheses, connected or kindness, mm-hmm. you know, or patience. And then so the end of those... 30 days, you would have done a significant amount of training of gratitude. That's just one. Th-
4: but you just taught me something here. So I do a gratitude list every day. I write down 10 things I'm grateful for. Okay. And, that's cool. All right. But and that's I, different. Well, that's not exactly
5: what I just said, right? That's it's the same. It's different. not the same
4: thing. It's yeah, So right. you just expanded it for me. So now I'm going to start tomorrow because the way I view things also, like I'm not going to wait, like change takes a fraction of a second. So if I learn yeah. something new, right? Like if I learn something, that can help me, I'm gonna implement it not a week from now, now. Right? Yeah. A, if I see something yeah. in a fight or a football game, if I'm a player or an athlete, and I see an opening, I'm not gonna wait until the next fight. I'm gonna take it now. Same with our mental health.
5: That that's how when you're rolling too, if somebody showed you like a little bit of a I don't know, a place you need to get better at, and they wiggled in and they put you in a in a end game position, and you're like, How'd you do that? And like, oh, you know. Your hook opened up or your, your hips freed up or whatever it was. And I took advantage. It's like, Oh, I did. I didn't feel it. Oh yeah, dude. You're, you're," you know, and so that you, you use that immediately when we're in that physical. It's so easy and same true as mentally. And so the the thing that's different about a gratitude list as opposed to what I suggested, the gratitude list is cool. But if we're not careful, it's the check the box. I'm grateful for my eyes. I'm grateful for my wife. I'm grateful for my dog. I'm grateful for my root. It's a check the box. Right. I would say go from 10 to 10 to five and feel each one of them.
4: Well, I'm, so what I'm, that's what I mean. I'm going to now, I'm going to continue with my practice, but add in okay. how it yeah. makes me feel.
5: Yeah. Why and then put, I put it on the list. That's right. So feel the, cool. the completeness of like, wow, I really do have a roof over my head. Right. Like, Damn. And, and I would challenge you. I feel safe. One, yeah. Right. And then feel all of that. And that, That in and of itself is, even if you just did one and you are flooded with the feeling, if you really did that work, you might cry like right away, like, oh shit, there's so many people that don't have it. And like, man, this is great. I'm going to work from this buoyant, abundant place today or whatever the feeling is. And the thing that I was suggesting is becoming a researcher of amazing is not starting your day with a checklist, which is cool, like we just talked about, but it's almost like you go out and hunt, but you're hunting for like amazing moments. The primary task of your brain and my brain, our brains are millions of years old. They have not adapted to the rhythm of our world. They have not adapted to Teams and Zoom and digital, social media, all that stuff. But the majority of our brain is scanning the world to find all the threats and danger. Right. And if you can wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to use a smaller part of my brain to scan the world and find amazing, in some odd way, there's an inoculation to that negativity bias, to that threat bias. And so you're training the smaller part of your brain to find the opportunities, the, the amazing moments. And that's cool if we can strengthen that circuitry as well.
4: It goes back to what we were talking about, being present.
5: That's it. That's, All well, that's the only to way present. that you experience it, right? Is if you're in it. Yeah, that's exactly it. Well,
4: yeah, you work cool. with champions in every area in I, that? business and, and athletes and science and you name it. What's the common thread among, amongst the great ones? The Tom Brady levels,
5: the Tiger Woods levels. One, they're uncommon. They are unreasonable. They have a healthy amount of neuroticism. So there's some anxiousness and some emotional stuff that is uh, propelling them to work that hard. So there's a neurotic nature to them. I always say, you got to be crazy
4: to be great, right? You you got to have some crazy to be great. Yeah.
5: I don't know if you have to be crazy, but there is, there is. Have some crazy.
4: crazy. Yeah, I like that. Have some crazy.
5: yeah, because to get to the edge, whether a literal cliff or the metaphorical cliff that, that you and I are talking about, right now, to get to the edge is where you're not sure if you have what it takes, and and there's a lot of vulnerability in that, and they fundamentally design their life to get feedback about what it's like to be on the edge, because if you don't push the edge, you will not get better, and so most people can't handle that because of the level of vulnerability that it takes to take feedback from other people, like, How'd I do there? How was that? And to be honest with oneself about how they did when they were trying to dance on the edge, most people just gripping the edge of the cliff and they want to dance and play and sing and they want to do their thing and have this artistic experience that is scarier than shit. And they fundamentally organize their life to get feedback about what it's like to be on the edge. Most people can't handle a forced stack ranking about how they how well they sent an email or responded to a call or had a hallway conversation. I mean we hide in business and in elite athletics there's no hiding. Right. You can't hide for very long at least.
4: But also it's they they would just say they dance on that edge but then also whether it's crazy or insecurity or whatever outwork the world so they can dance on that edge. So yeah, they can get those answers they're looking for.
5: 100%. Now right? and then there's there's two categories amongst those half percenters is that there's enough narcissism up there that this will make sense. All you got to do for them is turn on the lights. That's all you got to do. Make sure that the lights are on because that they are most at home. And that doesn't mean that this is healthy, okay? Right. The other half of the half percenters, they are outworking everybody so that they have a, a command of themselves. Right. And the other ones, the freaks and the narcissists, when you combine those two, they're not even almost worth studying because they're so right. rare. And I'm you not, know? that,
4: and that's not what I'm talking about. Cause I don't yeah, see greatness right. coming from anything but outwork in the world, being rejected more than anybody on the planet, like just grinding, 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 grinding. That's mastery.
5: I would add, yeah, I love, you know, I love that word mastery. The thing oh, yeah. that I would add. So I'm using to that, it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. it's good. The thing I would add to that is they have incredible patience because they have to play the long game. They understand that there's an unreasonable that They want results now, but they understand that it takes time and they have an anxiety that time is going to run out. So they work really hard, but they also recover in pretty intelligent ways.
4: Hmm.
5: Okay. So not only is it grinding, but it's also recovering. So grind, 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 grind without intelligent recovery right. is a recipe for knickknack injuries, sure. soft tissue injuries, collision injuries, burnout, death,
4: hmm. early
5: death. You know, so there is this balance between stress and recovery
0: So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step.
2: Apple podcast or wherever you get your podcast.
4: Yeah. I think, you know, at our gym unbreakable, we always say we're going to recover you as hard as we train you. There you right? go. And, and, yeah. and, but I used to be the Jersey shore meathead who just worked out, worked out, worked out, worked out and didn't understand recovery. And once I did, man, did everything change? You, you brought up a word there and it's my biggest challenge. The word anxiety. Mm-hmm. What tools? Do you have, or have you learned the best to challenge anxiety? And I, and I guess yeah. maybe not, not, not sports anxiety, mm-hmm. anxiety, not performance anxiety, anxiety.
5: Okay. So I like that you're differentiating it because right. there's that right. nervousness, anxiousness that comes before something, whether right. it's sport right. or even walking into a holiday party. People For report sure. being, sure. going in with friends and family. Even then they report a bit of anxiousness. So that's really normal. Okay. Okay. That's That's normal. I'd love to hear
4: that. Very normal.
5: Yeah. Totally common. Clinical anxiety is when there is a disordered way of working with your mind relative to what you think the future could be. And it's really an excessive worry about what could go wrong later. And it's so excessive that it crowds out joy and happiness and peace and enjoyment and fun it crowds out so much of the the more buoyant parts of being alive that it is a constricting state where all you're doing is worrying okay and that i'm going to say 3 out of 10 folks uh, struggle with that you know and so it's a it's a it's an important thing that we're talking about anxiousness versus anxiety okay so what do we do um, we become friends with ourself. You know, we become better roommates to your your language. Um, and how do we do that? There's no way through it without increasing awareness. Awareness of what? Awareness of how your thoughts work with your emotions. Awareness of your thoughts and emotions are unfolding in context of the environment that you're in. So step one is awareness. What is actually happening inside you? Step two is that if the if the excessive worry is Uh, self-talk. So there's, it's called cognitive anxiety versus somatic anxiety. So there's two types of anxiety now. Okay. Cognitive anxiety is excessive noise in your brain or in your mind. And somatic anxiety is that feeling like you've got knots in your stomach, your shoulders are up to your ears, you're sweating. So you feel it physiologically. Okay. So there's different protocols for each one. Mm -hmm. Both of them are going to involve step one awareness Awareness training really comes from mindfulness meditation. Really, that's the biggest. The second biggest for awareness is journaling. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's some sort of forced insight there. And the third is conversations with people of wisdom. And if you say, I don't know anyone wise, just get somebody who's read a chapter more than you, somebody who's lived an interesting life, somebody who's going to pay attention to your experience rather than theirs.
4: It could be somebody who's not so much, let's say... More wisdom than you, I would say any ear, wouldn't you? Like any ear that could say. Well,
5: I think about you know, some I, of my knucklehead friends that like they, you know, like if I go back to some of my friends from high school and I saw them tonight, I think I'd revert back to the way I was in high school at some well, level. No, I got we, would, we, okay. we would all snap back to some of that knucklehead version, okay. you know, okay, I got you. I got you. Even though we're fundamentally different, but, mm-hmm. but no, I don't think it's just anybody. I think it's a trusted person that they're in the conversational relationship for you, not for them. Yeah. What about, for, and that's what about what what for
4: people who don't who aren't able to get those people?
5: Okay, one. Like like like, okay. like listeners
4: who go, Well I don't have somebody I, I get a lot of people also who will say, Well I don't have people who care enough about me to, to hear about my issues.
5: I like that. I like where you're bringing it. Right. So one is this is where priests and um rabbis and monks and right. communities that are focused on healing and wellness, and sometimes you pay for them, sometimes you don't, and you know. So it's finding a community or a tribe where there's some elders and people that have practiced, you know, the wisdom traditions. That's one way to do it. So you got to work. I'm not saying this is easy, right? Like <laughs> it's these no, people no, are
4: none of it's easy. Yeah. No,
5: no, no. And and if you've got some means, then maybe you want to you know, hire a, a therapist or a psychologist or, you know, or if you've got insurance, whatever. So I don't think it's easy, but when you go work for something and you know, like, listen, oh, okay, so hold on. Let me pause this. Let's say you can't find that person. Go to step one and two. Mindfulness meditation. Go get real with yourself. Be honest. You know, process that.
4: Okay? And people could Google how to meditate. Like, Google it. Google Please. different types of right medit- It is readily available to learn how to meditate, learn how to do breath work, dive in like what's 100%. the worst that, what's the worst that can happen
5: and people want to reach out to you and me i'll send them i'll send them a handful of meditations i've built over the years just to get them going you know and so no no problem and you're you're exactly right there and that's not for everybody mindfulness and meditation is not you know i remember when i first learned it 25 years ago it's like this ain't for me I'm like what is this <laughs> this is crazy you know
4: i got i got so, a funny one for you i was doing transcendental yeah. meditation and you know, a lot of the vets I work with are like, Hey man, TM really changed me, it saved my life. So somebody sets me up with transcendental meditation. Card, he comes over to the house and he gives me a, my, my, what is it? Your, your, not mantra. your word, but your sound, your mantra, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Well, I don't like my mantra. Okay. So, so I, <laughs> I, I, cause it, it like the mantra, like worsened my TMJ, the way I was doing it, I was like, mm, grr, grr, and I'm like grinding my teeth a little bit more. So I said, oh Hey, you know, I, you got to, I'm going to change your mantra. And he goes, can't change it. It shows you. And I'm like, well, let's choose a different one. He's like, can't do that. It's chosen you. It's the only one. I'm like, I'm about to choke out my fucking TM guy. And then <laughs> so all the vets are like, if there's anybody who needs transcendental meditation, it's you, clearly, because you want to choke out your transcendental meditation guy. <laughs> oh, imagine
5: that. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, so there's... there's- Listen and TM is great and that, yeah, there's lots. <laughs> you know, the research is coming back really interesting research around 8 to 12 minutes to get some interesting results from a science
4: perspective. 8 to 12 minutes is what we need.
5: Yeah, I'd say like as a like 20 is coming back more interesting from a science right. lenses, but 12 like there's some really amazing changes yeah. that are taking place. But I want people to hear of-
4: that because before I started yeah. meditating I thought I needed an hour. And I have ADD, so that doesn't work for somebody with ADD. Hour does not much. work. I can't do that. So when you're telling me yeah. I got five minutes, twelve minutes, so it's way better.
5: Well, listen. Uh, so if you think about twelve minutes a day as your training for your mind, and you do how many day, how many minutes a day for fitness, physical fitness? Right. Well, I agree. Sixty, forty-five. I don't know how what you're in the gym for. Actually, we're finding over ninety minutes. There's a diminishing return for fitness uh, on a daily basis. But, exactly what I do at um, 90. Do, yeah, so overnight. Oh, well, 90, I, I shouldn't diminish.
4: say that. Well, at unbreakable, we loosen our hips up for about seven minutes. Mm-hmm. Then we'll do performance for about fifty, which is our lift, mm-hmm. and then we mm-hmm. fight for about a half hour. You know, we'll box, kickbox. That's our yeah. cardio over there. Because yeah. I also because fighting comes from the soul, right? So I and I want yeah. everyone in our place to feel like, hey, you've got a fight team. We're a mental health gym. You've got a fight That's team. Right to walk this walk together with outside our doors. And then we make you recover after for a half hour.
5: Cool. I love what you're doing, Jay. I Thank love every Thank part of that dojo philosophy that you're creating. You. I love it. every part of it. And so, um, so um yeah, like on the meditation thing, if it's not for you too, and you know what I would add in there in, so, in some of that stuff that you're doing and maybe already doing it is a few minutes of breathing or meditation or I've imagery. Breath work.
4: breath work has helped a lot.
5: Yeah. And so breath work is an interesting place. It's not meditation typically is a, is a practice for wisdom. It's a practice for awareness. Breath work is an important part of meditation and mindfulness, but breath work alone is not going to probably get you to the place you and I are talking about, but it will help you learn how to focus deeply. It'll help you learn how to down regulate. It'll help you work with anxiety better and stress better and fatigue better and, 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 and. I would add on top of that too, you know, some of the traditional mindfulness and I would, I'd be inconsistent with the practice. Some days I do imagery and we used to do that. I, I don't know if I told you I, I got to corner three, uh, UFC fights. No. Yeah. As, 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 as a, yeah, as the sports psych. Do you remember the Rico Ciparelli and the camp yeah. he had in El Segundo?
4: I know yeah, about so it. Yeah. Raw,
5: yeah. raw training was kind of where I cut my teeth in, in fighting and, So anyways, the the, the athletes that came through there. So a couple of things I think you'll find interesting is right after practice, heart rate's up, good cardio, good flush. We throw a towel or two or three over their face. And it's got this mimicking of like even more difficult to breathe. And that's a symbol to everyone else in the gym that I'm doing my meditation. I'm doing my imagery work. And so it's handful of minutes, eight minutes, 10 minutes. Either they're seeing themselves be great in the upcoming fight, or they would just be doing some breathing, more spiritual awareness practices, you know, at that time. And so it was a cool end of the day training
4: mm.
5: and we made it it's a thing. On. And it, it was cool, right? That's when the great. towel's over your face, you're doing your work.
4: Man, and it's we so took ahead that- of the game.
5: Yeah. If you walked in the Seahawks and I don't, you know, I haven't been with him for a couple of years, but and you throw a top and you walk through, let's say pre uh, pregame, yeah, just say pregame right now. Probably about fifty percent of the guys would have a towel over their head hmm. at some at some point.
4: That's incredible. That's amazing. I never knew that. That's amazing. Definitely. I love that. Yeah, and I just funny. I love so. I do want you to send me because I want to start. I want you to send me some of your your meditations. And just like I'm going to start with my breath work, with my um my gratitude list, how it makes me feel yeah, more. I want to start on some of your yeah. meditations that have worked. I'll start them. Like and again, I want I want people to to understand and hear this like if you're struggling with anything out there seek out anything that could help and do it tomorrow just start it tomorrow how about it that's that's
5: right. how we do it that's how we do it and it doesn't mean it's gonna work
4: you got to right. work for it we're trying got to so. work it yeah. yeah and I'll get excited about keep trying that that's why you asked me before hey when do you think you'll stop no i think i'll always do so cuz even if i ever get to a place of inner peace and happiness and not feeling depressed and and anxious Then I, then I can, if I can get through space there, then I could build to a a better plateau, I guess, if you will,
5: of happiness. Well, my, no, Jay, my question to you earlier was like, when do you think you'll be done with the, the intensity of the civil war, the intensity of the bad roommates? Like, when do you think you'll be done with that? And I'm going to, for the rest of my life, I'm going to keep working on flourishing.
4: Don't, I want to be done with it, man. Like, I want to, don't know why I'm not yet. And again, maybe it's just because I'm now, and maybe also i'm doing more intense work so it's maybe the the fighting feels even more intense
5: yeah maybe that i don't know where you are in your process but yeah. i think also sometimes um and i'm not pretending to give you a suggestion here but sometimes i think we like I, i'll speak for myself i get used to doing the work and if the work is like working on the the relationship between my roommates well what if that what if i'm just doing the work because it's now familiar and like i know what, what you're if saying I always, yeah. What, I know what you're I'm saying.
4: Always, yeah. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, what you're saying. So I had two friends, my friend Jade, and then The Rock said to me, hey, we're a little concerned about you. Um, Do you think your brand is now in the gray? You're talking so much about the gray. And I said, well, yeah. I said, no, you need to shift it. Your brand needs to be in the blue. I said, what are you talking about? I said, you've given us hope. Like you, you're you going to give people hope who've been in the gray that they can go live in the blue. You need to exist in the blue to give people that hope. But you've gotten so used to it and you're afraid to like leave those people in the gray. This is the fucking rock. And my friend Jade come up with the same thing. And like, obviously, and, and, and she works in neuroscience and he is, you know, a struggling actor. <laughs> he has, he has a lot better things to do with his life. And they literally come at the same time with the same thing. And it's like I'd gotten used to being in the gray. And fighting with the gray instead of hey let's shift it now. Why don't you sit in the blue, and don't feel guilty that you're leaving the people in the gray. That's your responsibility to lift them in the blue with you. It's kind of what you're saying, right?
5: I am saying the same thing. We can make it really practical too. Let's say that you've had a left hip issue that's going on, and you go to get some help to get that thing. Like what's going on here? Maybe you needed surgery. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you just need you had a you just had some strain that's going on, and you need to that a practice is to loosen it up and then you become obsessive with those so that you can work through it and then all of a sudden it is working you know your hip is now more mobile than it ever was and you're still as obsessive of working that hip pre-training that would make no kind of sense
4: right 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 Right?
5: right. like you at some level you got to trust that now i've done my work i'm going to continue to maintain it but i don't have to do that heavy lift i don't need to limp
4: anymore to protect it it's No, you don't need to
5: limp to be part of people's lives that are limping. Right. Like Hmm. you don't need, I don't need to do that either. Like I know I'm going to limp again, (laughs) you know, like I'm going to, I'll find myself like, you know, I'm in an intimate relationship with my wife and I've been that way for 37 years and like times, sometimes are hard and sometimes are amazing. And so I got to stay in shape emotionally because when it gets hard, I want to be great. And so, yeah, same thing for all of
4: us. All right. Before I let you go, I'm going to ask you the same thing I asked every one of my guests. Give me your unbreakable moment. The thing that this is you, a personal you, something that could have broken you and didn't. And as a result, you came through the other side of that tunnel and you're stronger as a result of that.
5: Yeah, I'll tell you the one that is resonating right now because I was just talking about my wife is that it was 2002 and um, she says, I'm done. We were married for a... Uh, since 1995. And she said, I can't do it anymore. You're a good man. Uh, I love you, but I can't be me around you. So like, what do you mean? And she goes, I go, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll, we're, we're, of course we're going to work through this. She goes, you've missed all the signs. I'm done. I was like, Are you serious? And she says, no, I'm done. And she says, I'm asking you as your best friend right now to move out. As a whole, this is a different kind of thing. So this was me being selfish, Jay. This is me being on my path, committed to my stuff, da, 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 da. and I missed all of her signs that she was struggling. And so it got to the point where step one of a divorce is a separation, and they usually don't kind of retract. Sometimes they do. And so I moved out, and a couple of months go by, a, a month goes by, sorry, a couple of weeks go by, and I called her, and she's like, and I said, let's go to therapy. Come on, we got too much under the belt. We, you know, We care for each other. And she says, no, I told you, I'm done. I said, for me, just once, you know, let's go to therapy once. And so we went, she's Cuban. I'm Italian. We argued at the feverish level that the therapist kind of pushed her chair back. And she said, this is about as bad as it gets. And she said, here's my unbreakable moment, Jay. She says, Lisa, it's my wife's name. I've got two questions for you. Mike, I've got two questions for you. You need both of you. You need to work on yourselves. like, okay. And she says, Mike, do you want to do the work? I was like, yeah. And she says, do you want to do the work with Lisa? And I was like, oh yeah. And so that's question one and one, one A and one B. And she says, Lisa, do you want to do the work on yourself? And she said, yeah. She says, do you want to do it with Mike? Holy shit. My, my, my heart was up in my throat, right? This is a love of my life, right? And she looks over at me and she goes, I don't want to do it with anyone else. I'm not sure I want to do it with him. Fine. So the therapist says, okay, I got question two. While you're in this process, do you want to honor your vows? Wow, and I was like, "Holy shit, that's the question right now, isn't it?" So I, I got to just be quiet, right? And I look over at her, and I'm trying not to make eye contact, like you know, like I'm just like, "Oh my god, what is she gonna say?" She, uh, Jay, she's gorgeous, she's a, she's amazing as a woman, and so and I'm like, "Oh fuck, I don't think I could handle if she says I don't want to honor the vows." I'm I'm like a twenty-some-year-old kid, and I'm like, I don't think I could handle that. And, and so she goes, I'm not, I'm not about that. That's not what I'm trying to do. And my, I, everything dropped from me, Jay. And I was like, thank God. And I know it doesn't sound, I know I'm sounding like, like to some guys are like, oh, you should have taken the shot and this was your moment and you got a free hall pass and all that. Fuck it's, that. Different it. it's different when yeah. you're in it. And that's not who I am, by the and way. You, you know, a team like, with her. Yes. Yeah. Dude, we had years under belt, right. you know, years. And so. And I take my promises seriously. Like I promised my whole community I'm going to be a good man in front of all of them. We stood up on the altar, said, I'm down with this oath. Like, so that's, you know, so anyways, and she goes, that's not what I'm trying to do. And and she looks over at me, the therapist. I was like, oh, yeah, like, I'm good. Like, that no, that's not what we're doing. <laughs> and so here's the, the unbreakable part is she says, um she says, okay, listen, um, I'll see you guys in six months. Go work on yourself. If you want to come in here and talk, we can talk. But like. We're not doing this work for, you know, like honor your vows. Go get to know yourself.
4: Wow. I was,
5: holy shit. And I was tempted. She was tempted. You know, it was easier to not do the work. We ended up doing the work, Jay. And it. Us, this is really awesome for me is that.
4: I'm getting choked up here.
5: Yeah, dude. Like it was amazing. And we, the story was Uh, resonated so well that it was published in the journal of excellence, the scientific journal of excellence that we've, what this woman did and how we stayed vulnerable throughout this whole process. And then for another six months after that, we're in, in her chair, in her office, you know, every day doing our internal work and it worked out, dude. Like she's my best friend. It worked out. And that question scared the shit out of me because it was a, a long-term relationship, the love of my life, my selfish ass was blowing it. And I just wanted a second chance. That's mm-hmm. all I wanted. And so that moment, it gave. She gave me. She gave me a second chance.
4: And you had to drop all your ego with that second chance. All of it. Yeah. All of it. Beautiful, brother. I love them. you so much. Thank you so much. Anything I can help you promote here right now, that for all our listeners, nah,
5: like, dude, I, just where, where can be... they hear
4: you? Where can they hear? Where could they find more of you? Tell our listeners where we can.
5: Okay. Yeah. I just want to say thank you for the thank space. You. Yeah. And, um, finding mastery podcast is the weekly, um, experience where we talk with the greats and how they work from the inside out. And, um, I got a book coming out in 2023. Yep. It's on fear of other people's opinions. And so the number one constrictor of human potential. So that's coming out soon.
4: What's the title of that book going to be?
5: The first rule of mastery. Great. Love it. it. Can't
4: wait. All right, brother. I appreciate you. I will have you on again. Once that comes out too, man, I appreciate you, dude. Thank you, man. And once again, all of us together, we all got to walk this walk together.
0: Mother's Day is right around the corner. And in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie.